The KMT's Han Guoyu has been elected Speaker of the new Legislative Yuan, with Johnny Zhang as Deputy Speaker. Han won the election in a runoff vote after the initial three-way vote failed to yield an absolute majority for any candidate. The total tally in the first round was 54 votes for Han, 51 for the DPP's Yu Shikun, and 7 for the TPP's Huang Shanshan. The runoff vote was a contest between the top two candidates who needed just a plurality to win. In the end, the KMT's Han attained victory with 54 votes against 51 for the DPP's Yo. The same procedures decided the deputy speaker, with the KMT's Zhang beating the DPP's Cai Qichang with 54 to 51. After his defeat in the vote, Yo announced he was resigning from his post as lawmaker at large, citing personal reasons. His seat will be taken over by Huang Zhenxu, who was number 13 on DPP's party list. The newly elected members of the Legislative Yuan step up to their post on Thursday. The first day back at work was veritable parade of each lawmaker's values, with some choosing to enter the Legislative Yuan accompanied by family members or dressed in traditional indigenous attire. In particular, the KMT's Xie Longjie seemed to be itching to get down to business. The lawmaker brought with him an umbrella with a message promising to keep an eye on President-elect Lai Qingde at all times. Outside the legislative yuan, a banner reads, letting Han Guoyu be speaker is letting the CCP in. Despite the shouts from protesters, Han seemed at ease stepping on the red carpet into the legislative yuan. <laughs> Supporters greeted him as Speaker Han. After several years away from the legislature, Han is back, and as popular as ever. Another new KMT lawmaker with a big supporter base is Xie Longjie. I still believe in Lai Qingde's wisdom, but I will still be here scrutinizing him. Xie had previously traded barbs with President-elect Lai Qingde back in the Tainan City Council. On Thursday, he showed up with a pink umbrella featuring both their portraits and a message saying, I will always be watching you. Of course, the king of props and backhanded gifts was also present, DPP lawmaker Wang Shijian. I was very happy and excited walking on the red carpet. It is a huge responsibility. The DPP and KMT have their stars, and so does the TPP with Huang Guochang. The legal scholar is back in the legislature after four years out. He walked in, leading the party caucus. The youngest legislator elected is Huang Jie from the DPP, who posed for photos with lawmaker Wu Pei and lawmaker at large Puma Shen. DPP lawmaker Tiong Alim, who specializes in children's issues, brought 15 children with her to the legislative yuan. I hope to bring the opinions of parents and children into the legislature. As lawmaker, I hope to promote amendments related to children and young people and to secure more spaces where young people can rest. DPP lawmakers Zhong Jiabin, Guo Guowen and Zhang Honglu showed up with a humorous banner presenting themselves as an alliance of uncles. 
大叔不见得老。We uncles aren't old, but our kids are definitely not young. We do get up really early in the morning. I heard our responsibility is to engage in conversations with new generations. KMT lawmaker Yan Quanheng was accompanied by family, with his father, former lawmaker Yan Qingbiao, and his sister Yan Liming. The DPP's Lai Raylong from Kaohsiung, the DPP's Su Chaohui from New Taipei, and the KMT's Hong Mongkai from New Taipei also showed up with their families. Wearing indigenous garb is DPP policy head Wang Yichuan, singing and dancing with elected lawmakers Asanai Dalial Rep and Ling Daihua. Meanwhile, DPP lawmaker Saidhai Tahovitahe displayed her indigenous heritage with a custom-made rukai garment. Just as eye-catching was the ensemble that walked in with Luo Meiling, who was joined by immigrants in traditional costume and playing musical instruments. With the legislature opening for another season, the first day back at work was a parade of everyone's values and aspirations. China has alerted the path of a civilian flight route in the Taiwan Strait, Strait known as the 5, M503. Beijing has called off an agreement it had signed with Taiwan in 2015, resulting in the route now being closer to the median line of the Taiwan Strait. And experts say Taiwan should respond rationally and let the international community condemn China's actions. Let's hear from an expert. The change does indeed put some pressure on our air defenses, but our military has all the corresponding countermeasures in place. Most importantly, the change highlights China's irresponsible attitude toward aviation safety. There should always be a buffer at the border of two different flight information regions. This matter with the M503 mainly impacts Taiwan's flight safety and regional safety. If we respond rationally, we can use this incident to get the international community to condemn the CCP and highlight China's violation and disregard for international laws and conventions. The U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate have issued statement condemning China's actions. The chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Ben Cardin, has said that it was no coincidence that China had taken action just weeks after Taiwan's presidential election. He added that the move was another example of efforts to coerce Taipei, urged Beijing to reverse the decision. Meanwhile, House Foreign Relations Committee Chair Michael McCall said that the U.S. should join Taiwan in countering the CCP's threats and unilateral attempts to change the status quo in the Taiwan Strait. Work has begun on a new office space for the Southern Corp of the National Immigration Agency. This branch of the Immigration Agency has, since its founding in 2015, shared inadequate office space with other public bodies. But with a huge scope, covering services for immigrants everywhere from Yunling to Pingdong and Jingmen, officials say it's high time the team got a better workspace. The building is expected to be ready to use in three years from now. Exciting drumming and a stirring lion dance performance mark the start of this groundbreaking ceremony. With golden spades, officials make a symbolic dig to bring fortune to the project. This is a new construction project for the Southern Administration Corps of the National Immigration Agency. The agency primarily oversees the immigrant population and the Southern Corps has a large jurisdiction. 
The Southern Administration Corps oversees Yunling, Jiayi, Tainan, Kaohsiung, Pingdong, Taitung, and Jingmen, eight cities and counties in all. As public agencies go, it has an extremely wide scope. It has jurisdiction over its own police force, service stations, and detention centers, and responds to law enforcement tasks and services and the human rights needs of immigrants. So we need a better office environment. The agency has a large workforce and a complex mandate. The immigration police work round the clock. Since its formation in 2015, it has shared an office space with other agencies in a 50-year-old building with no elevator. Now it's finally getting started on an office block of its own. The project is slated to take three years to complete. It will provide a more convenient and welcoming environment in which to offer new immigrants official services. It will also provide a better office environment for our colleagues in the immigration police. The new office is in the core of Kaohsiung City. It is hoped the space will improve the agency's work, as well as provide a more welcoming environment for immigrants to make inquiries at and strengthen the efficiency of the service. Vice President Lai Qingde on Thursday morning received a delegation from Taiwan's only diplomatic ally in Africa, Eswatini. The delegation is led by Foreign Minister Polila Shankantu. During the meeting, Lai thanked the country for supporting Taiwan at international events, saying that Taiwan and Eswatini were not just good partners, but members of the same family. Let's hear from Lai. It's been 55 years since Taiwan and Eswatini established diplomatic relations in 1968. Through our half-century-long friendship, we have faced difficult times in the international society together, supporting each other all throughout. Our bilateral relationship is long-lasting and rock-solid. We are not just good international partners, but members of the same loving family. After the presidential election on January 13th, Nauru broke off diplomatic ties with Taiwan. Reporters say Tuvalu could be getting ready to do the same. But the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has rejected such claims. Now, Eswatini's foreign minister and her husband are visiting Taiwan for the first time. The foreign minister congratulated the DPP for securing its third presidential election win in a row. She stressed that she would absolutely not be absent from Lai's inauguration ceremony on May 20th. Travelers heading to 10 destinations in Japan this spring festival will be able to take advantage of a new pre-clearance program at Taoyuan International Airport. The program started on February 1st and will last until the end of the month, allowing passengers to cut immigration queues after landing in Japan. All key procedures, such as passport checks and fingerprint scans, will be conducted before departure at the waiting lounge. It's time to board, and passengers line up at the gate with their carry-on luggage. At the other side of the waiting lounge, another queue has formed. These are the first batch of travelers that are taking advantage of a new plea clearance program. 
很顺畅。It's very smooth. It can cut down waits by 15 to 20 minutes. You can get your fingerprints taken and all arrival forms completed before departure. That way, you don't have to wait in line again later. With a large number of travelers expected to visit Japan during the Lunar New Year, Taoyuan International Airport has teamed up with 10 Japanese airports, including the airports at Hakodate, Asahikawa, Akita, Yamagata, and Fukushima, to offer pre-clearance services from February 1st to February 29th for passengers who will be in Japan for 90 days or less. Staff will be stationed at waiting lounges in Taoyuan International Airport, checking passports, taking photos of travel. Travelers and scanning fingerprints. That way, upon arrival at the destinations, passengers need just confirm their identity, saving time at immigration. About 6,000 travelers are expected to benefit from the program. Passengers who are going to Japan for a short time of 90 days or less can apply for pre-clearance at Taoyuan International Airport. Children need to just have a boarding pass and their passport, and they can complete the procedures at the waiting lounge. Eligible passengers can apply for pre-clearance before departure, which is available on 12 flight routes operated by China Airlines, Tiger Air Taiwan, and Starlux Airlines. Registration desks close 30 minutes before departure, so be sure to arrive early to avoid a long wait after landing. Today, we take you to see the works of two Romanian artists, Andrea Madar and Ona Farkas. They're featured together at a Taipei Arts Gallery. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to the curator to learn more about their life and works. Andrea Madar is an artist from Romania. Her works are now on display in Taipei. By employing embroidery techniques and using materials such as metal, glass beads, transparent glass, and sequins, she recreated the works of former residents of a village she grew up in, Romania. Many women would hand sew tablecloths and clothes using cheap plastic to make a living. She was born in 1990s. She is a post-communist baby, which means、uh, just one year after her birth, the country became from the country from the communist to democracy. So all of the diagram changes. So she was sent to her、uh, parents' village. So the grandparents raised her up because at that time no one had the money to have the nanny. So you can see actually this this is the grandmother, and this village is in thousand part of Romania. A lot of people make their money with their making the household items. The work is inspired by Madar's grandmother, who would spend hours a day sewing. Madar hopes to reignite her childhood memories, preserve and tell the stories of her hometown. But before, it's not plastic; it's actually fabric and all hand sewn. But time goes by; all of this are replaced by plastic goods, modern plastic goods. So these people they lost their works, and a lot of people move out the village. So the artists just feel a little bit sad about this because she witnessed the changes in the village. Also, she wants to preserve the traditions and the connections of the economy, and also the traditions of the the people like 
uh, actually the people makers. So she hand sewed, she collected all of the plastic things herself and make it as a painting style and sew this in different colors to want it to bring us to revisit like the actual times that the prosper times of the village it used to be and she also wants to also reimagine how the future of the village will be like. Another exhibition at the same venue features Romanian artist Ona Farkas. A total of eight oil works explore the theme of chemistry and love. The subject matter is love. So you can see a lot of couples. So the girls has a lot of like different uh, progress their psychological process in their minds. So the artist trying to explore, use her paintings to tell the audience how our sensations has been built and how you perceive the visual appearance. The two exhibitions aim to give a glimpse into Romanian art and culture. You a lot of good Romanian artists and we happen to have the chance to visit Romania physically last year in March and we saw we visit a lot of artists studio and realized there are amazing artists out there and we wanted to bring him to Taiwan and introduce to Taiwan audience because they are culture is different and we can use this as an opportunity to do the cultural exchange and also to share with different ideas of in with the local audience here. The exhibitions will take place till March 2nd at the Mindset Art Center. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tan Jun Hao in Taipei. A new business model is offering home renters the chance to rent their furniture. Companies are moving into the furniture industry with an option to rent items for a monthly fee. For those who rent their homes, it can save hassle when moving into a new place and sometimes save money too. We met a couple in Taichung who are attracted to the idea. The Liangs are on the waiting list for social housing in Taichung. They feel very fortunate. Today they're looking around a house and they love the layout. But the rooms are unfurnished and before they've even moved in, they're worrying about how they'll move out. When you move out, you have to sort out furniture for the new place. It's quite a big problem. Big furniture is very heavy after all. We'll probably have to buy some new furniture to start with. And after you've used it for a while, it will get worn and you might have to throw some of it away or find some other way to deal with it. A rental apartment isn't yours forever. But once you've bought furniture, sooner or later you'll have to face moving again. The cost of buying a sofa, dining table, wardrobes and beds can really spiral. But now this common renter's headache has become a commercial opportunity. A set of solid wood furniture, customizable according to the renter's wishes. It's atmospheric and available to rent. We are a real estate company, a rental agency. We realize that many landlords do not provide furniture. They think, what kind of furniture should I buy for a tenant anyway? Then I realized that there was a business opportunity there. Tu Haolin has applied the model of car rental to furniture, offering solid wood furniture sets for one, two, and three bedroom apartments. 
The furniture is delivered to your door, and when you move out, so long as there's no obvious wear on the items, the company will take them back for you with no questions asked. The main draw is that monthly rental fees are just 2% of the value of the items. I think I'm part of what people call the lazy economy. I just want to move in with one suitcase and not have to bother with all this furniture stuff. We have set up some showrooms with the items, which anyone can view. By renting instead of purchasing furniture, landlords and renters can both get a good deal. For renters, it's a way to potentially take part in a circular economy and skip some of the worst hassle of moving house.